Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Nuria martinez Keel. I'm Kayla Branch. You're listening to The Source. This week, President Donald Trump will attract thousands of people to Tulsa for a campaign rally. The timing of the event around the Juneteenth holiday and rising cases of COVID-19 in the area have some Oklahomans frustrated and concerned. Religion editor Carla Hinton is with us now. Carla, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. President Donald Trump originally scheduled a campaign rally in Tulsa on Friday, June 19th. He has since moved the date to Saturday, June 20th. The president tweeted that many of his, quote, African-American friends and supporters, end quote, suggested he move the date so the rally wouldn't fall on the Juneteenth holiday. So, Carla, tell us about Juneteenth for those who aren't familiar with that holiday and just why so many African-Americans in Oklahoma and around the country were concerned about this rally happening on that day. Okay. Well, Juneteenth is a... A commemoration of the end of slavery in America. It it, it, it it's June nineteenth. So many uh, slaves in other parts of the country, other than like the South, had already received the information. But it trickled down to the South later. They uh, uh, the slaves in in southern uh, parts of the country got the information apparently last. So June nineteenth is the day that they uh, commemorate. Uh, the end of slavery. And uh, I'm, I'm told that a lot of people in the, in the white community and maybe some other uh, communities don't really know a lot about it. But of course, a lot of black people do know. And so they have celebrations here in um, Oklahoma City. And of course, Tulsa is known for having big celebrations on Juneteenth. Um, I used to live in in Texas in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and they have really big Juneteenth celebrations down there. So uh, it's a, it's a thing. And uh, I don't know, I think that well, from what I understand, no one told uh, maybe some people with the Trump administration that maybe it would not be a good time to to uh, have something like this in Tulsa, which is, of course, the uh, place where the uh, Tulsa race massacre occurred. And also because of everything that's going on in our community right now, uh, well, around our country. You know, with the uh, protests over uh, police brutality and racial injustice. And it's just, I think what they're trying to say is it probably wouldn't be a good mix. So. Definitely. And I mean, you know, both Republicans and Democrats have agreed that Juneteenth wasn't the best day for the rally. And, and you know, U.S. Senator James Langford said he suggested to the president that he change the date. And so you went to Tulsa last week for a press conference with the Legislative yes. Black Caucus. And so what were they saying? Well, uh, they, they were saying that they are not going to be distracted by a divisive, the divisiveness of racism they were going to use Juneteenth to remind their constituents about the importance of voting, 
and in particular in this next election, possibly by absentee uh, balloting. Um, they also wanted to talk to them about the importance of getting out to vote for Medicaid expansion here in Oklahoma and uh, also to continue the uh, fight for uh, uh, against uh, police brutality, which is, you know, that's what everybody is talking about these days. And so they said they're not going to get into, you know, any other uh, issues because they really want to keep the focus on their, their communities, which are largely black. Definitely. And I think, too, like you mentioned earlier, just many black Oklahomans were upset, not just with the timing, but also the location, um, because Trump is going to be speaking uh, currently at the BOK Center, which isn't far from the site of the 1921 Tulsa race massacre. And so how heavy was that weighing on people's minds? Um, just knowing that it is, like you said, all of these different factors that played into why people were upset that this rally had been scheduled the way that it had. Right. Well, it's interesting that they did not, the, the Oklahoma Legislative Black Caucus did not mention it specifically, but they held their uh, their news conference on last Friday in front of the 1921 Race Massacre um, Memorial. So, you know, the the uh, the implications there, you know, were, were pretty obvious. And I, I think that with the BOK Center being less than a mile from that area, the Greenwood District, which is where the, the massacre occurred, I think people were just concerned that what it would look like. Some some people felt like, well, it was just uh, maybe disrespectful to the, the black community uh, and also maybe not the best time to have something like this where you're going to have large amounts of a certain type of person maybe coming with large amounts of another type of person. Um, maybe that might not be a good thing. And so once the president said he would move the rally to the 20th, was that a relief for some people? Or even still, are there some who are upset that the president is coming at all? Well, I will tell you this, that Senator Kevin Matthews, who is the uh, Oklahoma uh, senator who, whose um, district uh, incorporates or encompasses the uh, Greenwood district, he, he said he was satisfied with that, even moving the date to the 20th, which is not the actual date of Juneteenth. He thought that was, that was a, you know, a good compromise. Other members of the Legislative Caucus, not so much, especially those uh, members from uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, Representative A.J. Pittman said that, uh, you know, to her, this was just, it, it, it really didn't matter what day it was. She felt like they maybe should have talked to black leaders first before doing all this at this particular time. And then um, Representative Jason Lowe from Oklahoma City said he was concerned about COVID. And his, his thought were that numbers are going up uh, in and around uh, the Tulsa area and, of course, in, in Oklahoma City, too. And he just felt like maybe this was not a good time to have this type of rally where people are not going to be uh, required to wear masks from what we understand. So, Carla, you're going to be going back to Tulsa this week uh, ahead of the rally to kind of gauge the atmosphere, how people are feeling up there. Um, it's been reported that uh, the governor of Oklahoma has invited President Trump to tour the Greenwood district. I don't know uh, whether it would ease tensions or not, um, but I'm, I just wanted to ask, you know, what do you have coming up next for you? And just what do you expect people are, are feeling up in Tulsa? Well, my, my, the, the, as far as uh, the uh, governor extending an invitation to tour the Greenwood district, so I talked again to Senator, uh, State Senator Kevin Matthews 
uh, there in Tulsa. And he said that he asked the governor, after finding out that this happened, he asked the governor to convey to the White House that this might not be a good idea. Because even if they're not coming on the, that Friday with the Secret Service uh, personnel and that sort of thing, with security, they thought, you know, that may all have, may all combine down there anyway at a certain time and it may not be a good thing. Um, it might preempt, you know, some activities that were going to take place. Um, but we haven't heard back. You know, I don't, I don't think anybody's heard back as to whether the tour is going to happen or not. But what I hope to do down there is talk to Oklahomans of all races, uh, all faiths. Uh, you know, hopefully I'll talk to, uh, you know, not just politicians, but uh, just everyday people and see uh, what the atmosphere is like down there um, and maybe do some stories uh, uh, just kind of leading up to these, uh, these activities that are going to draw the attention of, you know, the nation to uh, Tulsa this weekend. Right. Well, the last question or, you know, thought I want to pose to you, Carla, is just with everything going on, you know, we've been dealing with a pandemic and we've had weeks of continued protest against police brutality and racial injustice and the black community in particular, it's just been a continuous uh, weight that they've been dealing with. And I mean, how does the Trump rally figure into just how um, overall the black community feels during this time? Well, uh, the sense that I get, and of course I can't speak for every single black person, but I think in the community, in many black communities, people are tired. You know, people are tired of uh, having to confront and protest, uh, you know, uh, police brutality, even, you know, a lot of people said, well, that, this latest uh, thing with uh, George Floyd was not in Oklahoma. But Oklahomans will tell you, black Oklahomans will tell you that they have instances that they believe are instances of, of police brutality. And uh, so it's just, it goes, it runs the gamut. I think people are tired. Uh, I think they are, um, they're angry. Let's get, let's get that out there. They're, they're angry. There is anger there. Frustration. They're, people are frustrated. And so, again, I think from what I'm hearing from a lot of people, that's why their thoughts are, some of them, that, oh, just, you know, this, this is going to be an interesting weekend. With you, have, you have the black community feeling that way. And then you have uh, uh, these other things coming up, coming into town. So uh, I'm hoping to get a, get a feel for, for uh how people are are going to be dealing with those issues. Yeah. Have you heard of any possible protests um, kind of countering the Trump rally? Yes, yes. So I knew about at least one yesterday, but today I was uh, reading that there are going to be like maybe three more. So that's four that I know of at different times, uh, uh, maybe one or two on Friday and then some on Saturday. So uh, different groups are having having protests at, at different areas of the community. And I'm going to try to put together, you know, some kind of list or something like that um, so that we'll everybody will know where those are. I can't imagine what the traffic and everything is going to be like down there. So, so <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be interesting. It definitely will be be very interesting. So, uh, Carla, thank you so much again for coming on to talk with us and thank you for your work. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It's good to see you guys again. <laughs> Thank you.
Reporter Chris Castile is with us now. Chris, always great to have you. Glad to be here, Kayla. Trump said he decided to reignite his 2020 campaign trail in Oklahoma because the rate of COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations in the state is lower than other areas and that Oklahoma has done a good job flattening the curve. Chris, can you explain why that is or isn't true, especially with the numbers that we have seen lately from the State Department of Health? Yeah, it was true. Um, as, as we know, I mean, the case numbers were going up just because, simply because of more tests. The case numbers were rising cumulatively, you know, and, and, and weekly. Um, but that could be traced directly to the number of tests going on. But the number of te- the testing being done is leveled off, and the cases continue to go up um, much higher than, uh, than would be expected. And so the curve was flattened. Hospitalizations had dropped dramatically um, over the past several weeks. But neither of those things is true anymore. The curve is not flat anymore, and hospitalizations are rising. Hospitalizations lag new cases, of course. You know, I mean, you, you test positive, you know, you, you're in the early stages of the illness. As that illness progresses, some people have to be hospitalized for it. So it, it's logical to assume that we will see more and more hospitalizations uh, as this goes. So even when the Trump campaign announced that they had picked Tulsa, um, th- there, were, there was an uptick in cases that was not just tied to testing. And, and now, is that if they keep talking about the curve being flattened, I mean, it would just be absolutely erroneous and misleading. So when it comes to the logistics of the rally, there have been some head-scratching moments, particularly with the availability of seating in the arenas uh, that Trump's team has reserved. Uh, the Trump is expected to speak in Tulsa's BOK Center, which is the biggest arena in the city. He's also talked about using the Cox Convention Center nearby. So, Chris, can you talk about some of the discrepancies over how many people can actually attend this rally, how many people are saying they want to attend this rally, and just what you expect to see in terms of security and all that? Well, um, Nuri, we know what the campaign is saying about requests for tickets, but we have no no confirmation of it. Um, They have said that more than a million uh, requests were made for tickets, and this was an online process where you had to go on there, click, you know, certain things to uh, register and get in, but, um, and and sign a waiver, uh, or agree, agree basically not to hold the Trump campaign or the arena responsible. So we, but we have no way of verifying that. All we know is what they said. We don't know if that, and, and assuming, of course, that those are requests from all over the country, not in Oklahoma. Um, and I assume there will be people there from all over the country. In fact, some of the people that are sleeping out um, that uh, our, one of our colleagues, Carla Hinton, uh, has interviewed were, were from other states. So that's what we know about the requests. We don't know how many were actually made. But the um, BOK Arena holds a maximum, I think, of 19,000. And uh, they have been looking for overflow places and have been very reluctant to tell us, uh, confirm where exactly uh, um, that overflow might be held. And they've used wildly different numbers uh, about uh, how many people might be held. There's a convention center. As in Oklahoma City, there's a Cox Convention Center in downtown Tulsa. And um, it's right, just as in Oklahoma City's being next to the Chesapeake, 
the Cox Convention Center in Tulsa is apparently right near the BOK arena. So the Governor Stitt mentioned that yesterday, and um, the chairman of the uh, state Republican Party mentioned it on Monday. So that seems like a likely overflow place. So you'll have BOK Arena, um, which will be packed, and uh, then whatever overflow, thousands of people, they can get into the Cox Arena to watch it on TV. And apparently there's some talk about maybe uh, Vice President Mike Pence, who's also coming, going over in person to that site whatever the overflow side is. That seems like a lot to try and, and lock down. Now, Chris, have, you've c- covered different uh, presidential rallies and, and things like that. So how do they make sure that everything is secure? And particularly right now, um, with the social climate, what it is, and so many people really riled up about Trump's visit. What do you expect to see there? Uh, lots of um, police, National Guard, federal agents, Secret Service, of course, you know, lots of security. And yeah, you're right, Kayla. What they have to do, um, you know, not necessarily lock down, but in a sense, you're right. I mean, they build a, a security perimeter. They decide how far out from BOK Arena they need to restrict access. So, like, if you're within a, I don't, I don't know, and I'm just, I'm just saying this, three or four block area in every direction will be inside the security perimeter. And to get in that perimeter, you might have to go through, um, you know, a metal detector or something. It's not just like going to be anybody can walk up to the BOK arena. There there are, um, you know, even at political conventions, there's a huge security perimeter. Everywhere the President of the United States goes is extremely secure. So it will be, um, the Secret Service is in charge of it. They handle every detail. They, It's not like the city of Tulsa is going to decide any of this. The Secret Service will tell the city of Tulsa, here's what you're going to do. Um, because they're experienced in it. I mean, this is what they this is what they do. They, you know, when the president lands in Tulsa, every road will be shut down. You know, he will have the highway to himself. You know, almost um, it, 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 it's almost eerie looking, you know, just to, to watch the motorcade go because it's, it's on this, you know, road by itself. Leading into that area, everything will be cleared. You know, there will be nothing moving. And that's really what, what uh, the extent of the security, you can, it's just amazing. So it, it should be safe, but it will be, I mean, it's just an, uh, an amazing amount of logistical and security work going on right now involving all level of law enforcement. Well, and you make an interesting point, too, just that the folks in Tulsa, they really have no say in how that's going to work. And that was something that um, a sentiment that was shared by Governor Kevin Stitt earlier this week and um, Tulsa's mayor that, you know, we were told the president was coming. We weren't really asked. This is something that's happening. And so, you know, with people worried about the virus, uh, the Tulsa Health Department director said that he would really like for the rally to be postponed since Tulsa is seeing an increase in cases and some have even dubbed the rally as a super spreader event. I mean, but what we've heard from local officials is that well, we we have really no say. We can't tell them not to come here. So, you know, why is an event like this rally particularly concerning? And then what safety precautions do we know will be in place so far? Um, so um, on the first part of your question, I don't really, um, I, and I guess I don't know how to answer that. You know, I mean, I'm not sure that I have any experience in a city saying we don't want you to come. You know, or um, or in fact, trying to block 
a president from coming. You know, I mean, there was some, and this is off off topic. I, I, I should just say to you, I don't really, I don't really know how to answer that part of it. You know, I mean, they've decided they're going to come. They're going to come, and I think you know, Bynum, the mayor of Tulsa, G.T. Bynum, addressed this, you know, yesterday and at some length. You know, talking about this kind of issue about Trump coming and everybody's basically saying, you know, the president of the United States comes to your state, you know, you're, you're honored and you, and you, and what was really interesting about is I had forgotten this and I, and I meant to go back and look um, at what year this happened is one time that president Obama came to Oklahoma, the governor didn't even greet him. The only person to greet him, Bynum talked about how embarrassed he was for Oklahoma when this happened, and uh, I, I vaguely remember it. Um, I was in Washington, D.C. at the time when, when the president came back here, um, and it may have been it may have been in 2015 when he came back. Um, I think he, he went down to um, a tribal health facility um, in southeastern Oklahoma, and then he went to the uh, federal prison at El Reno. It may have been that time. Um, that, that he wasn't great because I know for sure when he came back after the, the really bad tornadoes of 2013 May of 2013 I think it was um, he, after those tornadoes and more he came back the governor was there I think Congressman Tom Cole was there so this must have been the time afterwards when he came and that is that is just really shocking um, that, that, no, that Mary Fallon Governor Mary Fallon would not have been out there to greet the President of the United States so um, I guess that's one way to respond to it, huh? Um, just don't go greet him. But he's, you know, this is the president of the United States, and um, so I'll move on to your next question, which was about safety precautions. Um, the campaign has said, and they said this from the very beginning, um, that everybody coming into BOK Arena, their temperature will be taken. They'll be given a mask and hand sanitizer, but. Obviously, you don't have to wear a mask. And the White House and, and the state GOP chairman said that this week that they, they'll get one, but they don't have to wear. We can't mandate that they wear it. And there will not be quote social distancing um, in uh, the seating. The chairman of the party said we're going to try to fill that place up. So, and I've you know, I, I think what's what's been clear coming out of the governor, coming out of the White House, coming out of just what we all know is that it's up to people. And if they don't want to do this, whether it's at a, a rally or protest um, in, in Tulsa or in Oklahoma City, a restaurant, a grocery store, what, you know, can't make them. You know, that was another interesting thing I thought the Tulsa mayor said yesterday was that when he goes to the grocery store, tops 10 to 20 percent of the people are wearing masks and you know what he said yesterday was that I think it would be a shame for us to focus just on a, a short event this weekend and not what's going on every single day in the Tulsa community about wearing masks and taking safety precautions see it around Oklahoma City you go to a restaurant here go out or go to a Walmart or wherever you got to go it's a lot of people not wearing masks and Chris, what does uh, the state's health department director have to say about this event? Well, he issued an advisory. The state's health department director, who's obviously appointed by the governor, um, who is you know, welcoming this visit and uh, um, probably not going to wear a mask himself, um, he issued an advisory 
telling people that, among other things, that they should get tested before and after and use proper social distancing and wear masks. Sure. Right. And so, Chris, uh, switching gears here, can you describe what the experience and the atmosphere is like at a presidential rally, especially when it's a sitting president who's vying for re-election? Well, um, it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, and it'll be, um, it'll be even more so here. Um, it's a Trump rally, and his, his followers are, you know, very, um, very loyal, and, um, and um, I, I expect this to be, uh, you know, really rowdy um, occasion. It's his first in March, and then we have all this symbolism about reopening and, um, you know, this kind of partisan fight, that this partisan divide in this country about the coronavirus, you know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get... Uh, We'll get um, full uh, full bore uh, um, Republican view of this. Yeah, well, and, and Trump won Oklahoma with 65% of the vote in the 2016 general election, and he won all 77 counties in the state. So people have definitely expressed their excitement for, for him to be here, at least some folks. But uh, Chris, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us about the upcoming rally. Absolutely. Um, I'll see you there, Kayla. Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. Thanks for joining us this week. You can read all these stories and more every day in The Oklahoman and at oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.